Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Am I saving enough? Will I have the money I need to retire? Is it okay to spend money on traveling and having fun? Am I being irresponsible with my finances? How do I really know if I'm doing well financially? Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Welcome back to the pod. I hope your week has been great. I got a very nasty surprise about a week ago when my laptop, aka my entire world, (laughs) stopped working. I don't know about you, but it always feels like everything stops working at one time. And usually, almost always, it is not cheap to fix things. This is another reason why having a just-in-case fund is so important because life always throws these really interesting money curveballs. But I'm happy to report my trusty computer that has my life on it is 
somehow fixed about $600, $700 later, which is just absolutely ridiculous that, oh gosh, I just can't believe like something breaks and it's at the point where it's less expensive than buying a brand new one, but certainly not what you want to actually have happen. I don't know if you've ever had anything like that happen to you around money, <laughs> where it's like, maybe your car breaks down and you're like, well, I could actually get a new car but it costs me just slightly less to actually fix this car. I mean, it's, I don't know, it happens all the time. It's just so absolutely infuriating. But another opportunity for me to really work on my relationship with money, because those moments are actually really hard for me. It's really hard for me to want to or even feel okay spending money when something breaks. I know that sounds somewhat illogical, but I grew up in a family where if something was out sort of outside of the norm, spending money was outside of the norm, then it was absolutely a negative thing. It didn't even matter if it was a positive experience. It was just a negative it was a negative experience around money. So, I mean, it could be something like going out to dinner and it cost, I don't know, x amount of dollars, but we would hear about how expensive that dinner was and it made me think, well, should I have just not eaten anything? Would that have actually been better? The same thing happened on vacations and you name it. And so I actually have carried forward <laughs> that nasty little pattern around money into my adulthood. And it is so incredibly hard for me to break that pattern around money. <laughs> I don't know if you can relate. I don't know if you have a pattern around money that you have, oh, that has just been with you since childhood. But those things, those are so just difficult to change that pattern. So in the moment when the very nice repair person told me my Apple computer was going to cost $700 to fix, I literally stopped and just took a breath and told my brain, it's okay. You have the money. You need to fix this. So just fix it and don't have a single negative thought. And so then out of my mouth came, okay, let's get it fixed. And then the rest of the day, what I really had to focus on was not focusing on how much money it actually was going to cost to fix my computer. And so I came home to tell Jeff, okay, they're going to be able to fix the computer. It's going to take a couple of days. And he said, do not tell me how much money it costs, not because I don't want to know, but because I don't want you to have a negative reaction around it. So I said, okay, fine. We're fixing it. So this is what makes your relationship with money so interesting. This is when money trauma kind of comes comes into the conversation. This is when just it it gets sticky and tricky around money. And this is just a situation that happened in my day and it literally triggered me. And so I don't know if you can relate to any of that, but if you have those moments or if you're having one of those days, I just want you to know, just take a breath. <laughs> it's going to be okay. So we're talking about a computer, which actually doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, right? What I actually want you to give two Fs about is your financial health and more than just how much money you have. I want you to also care about your financial mental health. This is not something we hear talked about very often, but this is, of course is what we talk about on this show, personal finance meets money therapy. So this episode was inspired by a question from Lizbeth who sent me this message, Shauna, 
I feel like I'm in a bit of a tailspin. I know you always say that making different money decisions depends on your goals. And I've learned so much from the show and from you honestly about money over the last few years, but I'm in a weird space. I just don't know how I'm doing financially. I know I shouldn't really care about how well I stack up and I'm trying to do my best, but it feels like I'm alone out here making money decisions and I don't know if they're right or if they're wrong. Could you give me any pointers on how to know if I'm doing okay financially? First, I think Elizabeth, if I can put you at a little bit of ease, I understand the fascination with wanting to know where you stand. I think because money is this taboo topic and we don't talk about it often, it keeps us in this place of just extreme curiosity (laughs) of wanting to know how is my friend spending and saving their money? How is that person spending and saving their money? How is that person down the block that seems to have everything that I don't have? How are they spending and saving their money? And of course, we could create these uh, extreme stories and fantasies in our head, but the reality is we don't know because we're not existing in their experience. So it's human nature to want to stack up and certainly around a taboo topic like money. Comparison is really real. You've heard that saying, um, you know, comparing yourself to to the Joneses. And it's it's factual. We all do it because we just don't know. How are people out there like experiencing life with money and doing things? And I find it so difficult to make money or I find it so difficult to spend money or I I'm just, I get so nervous or anxious around money. So you know, it's human nature to stack up and to want to compare. We also live in a scarcity-driven society. So you have been trained, my friend. You have been trained to believe that you are not doing well financially. Let that sink in for just a moment. I think if you listen to any TV commercials, they want you to believe that you are behind, that you will not have enough money, that it will be too late, that you are not enough, as is, Those messages are very destructive and they do a lot of damage in this question, Elizabeth, that you have, how am I doing financially? They do a lot to really shake your mental health around money and to make you feel like you're you're not enough. You're just not enough. And no matter what you do, you're not enough. You You could look at all the blogs, do all the quizzes, listen to all the podcast episodes. It doesn't matter. You're just not doing enough. And so I think really being aware of what you're listening to, the information that you're taking in, and if you find something is particularly financially triggering to you, just step away from it. Comparison with money, it also puts you back in the position of shame and fear and greed and envy and all of the negative emotions around money because you're only looking at it through the lens of the grass is greener on the other side or through a judgment lens. So my friend is buying X. Why would they do that? They don't have enough money to do that. We could go down the road with that one. But you know, we've we've all had <laughs> we've all had these thoughts and feelings around money. I think what you should be more concerned with is how are you doing financially in regards to the goals and the life that you want to live, not anybody else. So using yourself as the barometer of success, I think is critically important. So the first place to start is by asking yourself this question. 
Do I have a money action plan in place where I list out my goals, where I'm at, and create an action plan or steps that are easily achievable to get there? So do I have a plan where I have my goals listed? And do I have action steps for me to help me get to the place that I actually want to go? It doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. So Elizabeth, let's go back to a couple of things. So the first thing is, whose money game are you playing? Are you playing a status game, which is an external ranking where somebody has to lose? So we're playing a status game. There has to be a winner. There has to be a loser. This goes back to kind of how we've set up society as a whole, right? There has to be somebody that wins and there has to be somebody that loses. And most of the time, you're probably going to feel like you are the one losing because everybody else has this figured out. Everybody else has been able to pay off their debt. Everybody else has been able to go on a vacation or buy a car or buy a house and you haven't been able to do it. So it's a very status-driven game of what somebody has and what you don't have. But again, you don't know anything under the hood. So you don't know, could they actually afford that thing? Maybe they got family money. I don't know. Maybe they have an inheritance could be the case. Could be a million different scenarios actually happening. So you're always going to lose when you're playing the status game. And I want you to remember also wealth does not equal your income. There are a lot of people who make a lot of money and they actually do not have wealth. Wealth should buy you financial freedom and wealth should reduce your stress. That is what wealth should do. And so what you want to look at is how much of my income do I have left every month, my cash flow, how much do I have left every month, and how can I best use that to buy financial freedom and reduce my stress? So maybe it's, well, I have an extra $500 a month, let me actually start building my retirement plan. Let me pay off my debt. Let me save it towards a side hustle I want to start. Or maybe I want to buy a franchise, whatever it might be. Let me put it in my house savings fund. So it's it's using the money that you have to buy financial freedom and reduce your stress versus comparing somebody else's. So the other game we could be playing is your money game. What role do you want money to play in your life? I have let money in my personal life have a very big role. And it's kind of ironic because money is actually a thing I do for a living. So in some regards, I really feel like money is inescapable for me. And sometimes that is great. And sometimes that really makes me want to just curl up in the side of the floor and like throw up, honestly speaking. And... So for me, the last couple of years have really been an examination of what role do I actually want money to play? Can I actually really look at it as an energy? Can I look at it as a tool? Can I look at it as something that doesn't have any emotion? So I actually don't need to put any emotion on it. Can I just noodle that for a while? I've been noodling it for a couple of years. I'll report back (laughs) when I figure it out. I'm still trying to work on that one. What do you want to use your money to create? Do you want it to create time? Do you want it to create freedom? Do you want it to create ease, generational wealth? What do you actually want to use your money to create? That 
is the start place for defining your money game, really. And then what are the rules of your money game? So hint, you actually get to create these, even if you're living paycheck to paycheck, which honestly, most Americans are. So I don't want you to feel bad if you're in that specific position. Again, it has absolutely no impact on the amount of income. You could be making a million dollars and be living paycheck to paycheck. So if you make what you consider to be not a lot of money, I don't want you to get in the place where you're thinking, I'm not good enough and I'm never going to be able to create wealth. All right. So I, I just don't want you to, to do that. This is where it's really important to know your numbers, to figure out what is going on in your bank account, to really have the knowledge and the information then to be able to create changes. And I know that's scary and stressful and not something you always want to spend time on, but even doing it for just a couple of months will help you get to a place where you can feel, I I, I think, a sense of freedom, a sense of ease around your money. So let's just play a game. Let's say I dropped $10,000 in your bank account today. What would you do with it? Most of us would probably just leave it in there and then would just gradually disappear down the vortex of our bank account that happens. Not your fault, just happens when we leave money in our bank account, just a reality. But let's say you had a list of something like I'm going to save $250 a month of my Roth IRA. I'm going to pay off at least $5,000 of credit card debt. And I'm going to devote an extra $300 every month to that payment. I'm going to fund a 529 college saving plan for my child with $150 a month. I'm going to contribute to my travel fund. I'm going to save $100 a month of my fun fund, money I can spend on absolutely anything. I'm going to start contributing the max in my 401k plan. You have some direction. You know, you can either break that $10,000 up amongst your goals or put a chunk towards paying off your high interest credit card debt or maxing out your Roth IRA. The point is you've got choices because you created a list. You created some action steps. You are playing your own money game. Now, let's say if you didn't have an emergency fund in place, I'd probably suggest saving something in that first, a month, two months of expenses in there. So you have a little bit of a pad. You don't need to be, nor you don't need to hire a financial planner to create a list like this. You just need to know your goals and know some numbers. But I think you also have the need sometimes for a little bit of handholding. So starting in September and October of this year, I'm actually going to open up six spots of one-to-one money coaching and financial wellness checkups with me. I haven't done this in a very long time, but I'm I'm so excited to do this. And in case we haven't met before, if this is the first time listening to this podcast, I am a certified financial planner and certified trauma of money expert. So I've got you covered with both the money side and the mental health side of money. There are two different ways we can work one-on-one. One is a VIP and one is a monthly where we're going to exchange videos and texts and uh, it's a lower priced option. So if you're interested in learning more and saving one of those spots, they're going to go by fast. I've got a waitlist form you can fill out by going to bit.ly slash one, the number one, two, T-O, one, the number one, money coaching. I'm going to have that link in the bio. So you absolutely don't have to remember that. But if you want to snag one of those spots and you want to work together for the next three months to kind of 
end this year in a good financial place, a good financial mental health place, I would absolutely love to work with you. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash E-T-M for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm sorry, but I have the best dog ever. Her name is Winnie Stardust. She is a mini golden mountain doodle full of life, and I would do just about anything to keep her happy, healthy, and safe. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family, and you want to do the best for them. But vet bills can really add up. We jokingly keep telling Winnie she needs to get a job to pay for her vet bill. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customized accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping to ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you are least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim, and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash ETM. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independent American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer, is not engaged in the business of insurance. 
The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. 
You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. So kind of along those lines is, what is your number? So when we're talking about how financially well am I, we need to look at what is your number? How much money do you need to earn to cover your bills and fund your goals? So this goes back to really having a good grasp over your money and where it's going and looking at, is there a shortage? Am I having to pull from my savings every month or every week or whatever it might be for you? Is there anything I can do about it? So I often tell people that I can find money in your bank account and you can do it too. It is a process and sometimes it's a scary process. This goes back a little bit to the hand-holding. But you can absolutely go look at your most recent bank statement, analyze and categorize every single expense that has come out of it and look at it. Where is this money going? Is there anything that is shocking or alarming? Is there anything that maybe I can change or shift or maybe I found subscriptions I don't need or maybe I'm spending too much on something and I'm not even using it. So many people have gym memberships that you never use. You never go to the gym. And I realize that might not be a lot of money, but let's say it's $100 a month. I mean, there's a lot you could do with $100 a month. You would be really surprised if we look at compounding, if we take that $100 a month and invest it and grow it over 30 years, the number could be really big. So don't underestimate small little tweaks and changes. And also part of this is is knowing your worth and really advocating for your skills at work or with your clients and thinking about, okay, there are two ways I can better my financial situation. One is I can earn more. Two is I can spend less. So we just talked about spending less. So this is about, can I earn more? And you know, I think no matter how much money you earn, You are always going to feel like you're behind. This goes back to the scarcity. We're always going to feel like we're not making enough money. And that's because these negative feelings around money are easier to think about than the positive feelings. It's easier for us to go to the negative place than it is for us to say, hey, you know what? I know my worth. I don't think I'm getting paid my worth. I'm actually going to fight for that. That is actually a harder shift for your brain to take than the... I'm not making enough money. I'm not going to be able to pay my bills. I'm not going to be able to do the things I want to do in life. So I'm a terrible, horrible person. <laughs> I don't know if that resonates with you, but that is definitely the the train wreck that happens. 
So try something out. I want you to write down how many times you think about money a day. And I want you to put a plus next to the positive feelings and a dash or negative symbol next to the negative ones. And I want to to really examine those negative feelings. What are they? Where do they come from? (laughs) Are they yours? Are they borrowed from somebody else? Are they situational based? Is it a person in your life that is causing these negative feelings? What is it? Just start having some sort of awareness of what these feelings are. Also, scarcity. If there is one person in your friend group that is doing theoretically better financially than you, you can easily feel bad about your money situation. Easily. It's like, it just happens. It's not even a thought pattern. It's just, oh, that person is doing better than I am then I must be doing everything wrong. But remember, you're only seeing the surface. I don't know if you've ever seen that diagram of an iceberg. A huge percentage of the iceberg actually exists under the water. There's very little of the iceberg that actually sticks up above the water. And so when we're looking at somebody else in our friend group, we're only seeing that top part of the iceberg. We're not seeing anything that has gone on below or that is existing below. And so I... Just, you know, I I say this to, to caution you to just pause and think, because my friend is doing well financially, does that have to automatically mean that I am not doing well financially? Do those two things have to exist in that way? Or could it exist in a manner of my friend is doing well financially, but I am also doing well financially? So coming back to knowing your number, things like stress, fear, anxiety, they can really cloud your ability to see your number. So if you're doing the experiment where you're looking through your bank statement and you're categorizing your expenses, please don't do it in a moment of fear, anxiety, or stress. Do it in a place, in a situation where you feel relaxed and you feel like you can confidently look at your numbers without easily judging yourself because that's not the point of the exercise. The point of the exercise is literally to find money in your bank account. The point of the exercise is to say, am I spending and saving my money in a way that lines up with the vision I have for my life? That is how you diagnose if you're doing well financially, not the blame game that we instantly and automatically kind of go into. Another thing to think about is to rewire how you look at success because you're never going to measure up to society's expectations and comparisons for your money. You can take endless quizzes about how much money you should have saved by X age or invested or whatever the quiz is. And even if you're doing well, there are always going to be something about the results that make you feel less than. That's sort of the point of some of these quizzes. It's really maddening and frustrating to me. So the fix is you can rewire success. What does money success look like in your life? What are the components of money success? Is there a dollar amount? If there is a dollar amount, why that number? Can you dig down and actually provide some real factual evidence for that specific number? Is it things that you want to have? Is it feelings that you want to have? What does success look like for you? Because that, when we're talking about how well are you doing financially, we want to measure up to that vision of success for your life. That is the comparison that you are doing. And it's an internal comparison, not an external comparison. 
Maybe it's as simple as each day journaling 10 things that you're grateful for and staying positive in your thoughts and having a weekly money date to track your progress and make small tweaks and setting up automatic savings for your goals. Maybe that's success. Maybe it's a, it's simple. Maybe success is being able to pay your bills and have a little left for some fun each week. Maybe success is funding your retirement account. Maybe success is being able to save enough money to take off three months when you have a baby. It doesn't matter what it is. It's your definition of success. And so that's where the spotlight needs to be on. And this sounds all very simple. I'm sure you're listening. You're like, yeah, of course, Shauna, of course, I've got to figure out what my own version of success is. But the actual practical art of doing this, that is the tricky part (laughs) because of the emotional load, the mental load around money easily, just easily clicks in. I talked about that example of my computer and how easy it is for me to go to a place of just really being knocked sideways because I need to replace something on my computer that broke. It's it's a electronic. Of course, something is going to break. I mean, it would be ridiculous not to think that that isn't going to happen, but it doesn't mean that it's any easier for me. See how that works? So let's talk about some money fundamentals. I want you to be aware of your relationship with money because that is an important piece of your financial health. How well am I doing financially? We've got to look at the numbers, but we also got to look at your financial health. We got to look at how do you think, act, and feel about money? How do you interact with money? Who are the people in your life that make you scared, feel judged, feel stress, shame, any of those real emotions around money? And are they people that you actually need in your life? Are there other good people that make you feel good about your money? Oh, can we have more experiences with those people? How do we start to create a good relationship with money? It starts with your thoughts and feelings and really understanding them and understanding where they come from and also understanding what are you so afraid of? Ooh, what is your biggest money fear? Where does that come from? Why does that exist? What can you do about that? Mm, That's a fun thing to think about today. You can also think about what are some of the, I call them naughty, but they're just money patterns that exist. So again, I have a tough time spending money on things that are outside of the norm and being okay with that, not making a comment about it. That is a pattern that exists that came from my childhood. And that pattern gets in the way of me having a good experience with money and also gets in the way of me spending money and understanding that money is flow. Money flows in, money flows out. This is just the way things happen. And instead, what happens is I let those moments like paralyze me to a point that is just somewhat ridiculous and somewhat It doesn't make sense, but that's what happens to me. So you might have money patterns that have to be that extreme for you, but there are probably money patterns that exist that upon analysis 
Maybe there's a better way to interact with your money. Maybe there are some money mistakes that you need to let go of. I've talked often on the show about an exercise I call financial forgiveness, where you take out a piece of paper, you set the timer for 15 minutes, and you just get everything out of your head, every single mistake, should have, would have, could have on that piece of paper. When that 15 minutes is up, you look back at that piece of paper, and then I need you to destroy that piece of paper in whatever way feels good to you. Burn it, throw it away, shred it, tear it up, put it in the trash can. It doesn't matter. There is a physical response that happens when we release on paper and then when we let it go. All right. And just a note on mistakes if this is you, there aren't any original mistakes. We all make the same version of the same mistake over and over and over again. So don't feel like your mistakes make you feel. Like you're any lesser than a human being. There might also be roadblocks to your goals or your thinking around goals that are getting in the way of you doing well financially. What is that roadblock? What is that thing stopping you? If your goal is to pay off your debt, what is getting in the way? If it is money, that's very real, right? That's a very real reason all right, this goes back to knowing our numbers. Can we really understand our money flow? Is there anything we can do about it? Which goes back to knowing your worth. Is there any way we can make more money? So see how this kind of, it's just all very cyclical. And then also thinking about the money lies that don't serve you anymore. Are there lies that you've told yourself about money that you just need to really kind of let go to get in a good relationship with money so that we can really bridge the gap on that piece of financial health. And then the last thing about money fundamentals, the tracking your cash, just again, really knowing where your money is going. I've got a free cash tracker that I've used every single month for years and years. I will link it in the show notes. You can download it. You can make it your own. You can change the categories. You can fill it in. But what it's going to look at is looking ahead in a month, So you're going to write down what you think you're going to spend. And then the second column, you're going to write down what you actually spent at the end of the month. And you're going to just compare the two categories and say, okay, what went well and what didn't go well and what do I need to change? It's numbers. It's real data. It's real information. I promise you after the first month, it is not so scary. And it lets you make tweaks and changes. So you can really say, you know what? I am doing well financially. Maybe the numbers aren't exactly what I want them to be, but I feel in control of my money and I feel like I can I can make these tweaks and changes and and really have a positive impact on my money. So long-winded question, am I doing well financially? There are lots of things to think about to answer that question, Lisbeth, and to anybody else who is wondering that. Again, I come back to what we talked about very beginning of this episode was letting go of the comparison game. I think that is the first place to really start with answering that question. Am I doing well financially? And then beyond that, we just, we've got to dig into the numbers and we got to look at them and and we got to think, how do I use these numbers? How do I use this money flow that's coming into my bank account? How do I use it to help me get to the place I want to be? Me, me, me. Be, be selfish, be focused on you. And that is the number one way to really answer that question. Am I doing well financially? I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, if you're interested in grabbing one of those one-on-one money coaching spots, I will link that in the show notes. 
as well as the cash tracker that I talked about in this episode. And of course, I will link all the sponsors as well that make this show possible. I will see you back here in a few days, my friend, for a brand new episode. <music>